Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special bonus episode of What's Playing Tonight. Um, I'm Ty Stans, and I'm here to talk to you guys about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I needed some help with this one, so I brought in a Star Wars enthusiast, uh, content creator, Twitch streamer, as well as the composer for the What's Playing Tonight theme song. Uh, introduce yourself. Yeah. Uh, hey, I am Gib. I'm Gib uh, underscore CA on the internet, mostly. Uh, I, uh, I uh, am qualified to be here due to uh, me spending all of COVID on consuming all kinds of Star Wars media. Um, so um, I watched all of the Clone Wars, the Bad Batch, Rebels, uh, played through Star Wars Fallen Order. Uh, all this stuff, it, the last two years of my life have been Star Wars only. So uh, I am I am not necessarily a, an expert, but I'm certainly a wealth of canon knowledge. It's true, you are. Uh, when I think Star Wars, well, I think Star Wars. But when I think Star Wars for like a little <laughs> bit more, I think of you. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, okay. if you have anything, any questions about legends i know absolutely none of it because i've decided <laughs> to actively avoid it um i got into like i said it's been the past two years so i really dove in uh, after the disney acquisition when they said all of this legend stuff is garbage now see you later and i just don't want to get things mixed up in my head so i've just not <laughs> consumed any of it at all I, th I think that's i think that's fair actually uh i mean they they have uh introduced some things into the new canon that was in like legends but mm -hmm. you can pretty much throw most of it out and uh the, yeah. you'll because you'll see the stuff that they want you to see again whenever they bring it back yeah exactly they redid uh thrawn who we're gonna see some more and then there's like some smaller things like uh star killer not returning as star killer but being a uh, star killer base from yeah, the sequels a death star yeah yeah, and then uh, Ben Solo, actually, uh, from the sequels as well. Uh, ben was the name of Luke's son, I believe, in Legends with Mara Jade. Um, so they're they're doing some little, here you go, yeah, Legends fans. Uh, Mandalorian yeah. Season 2 had the robotic uh, Dark Troopers at the yep. end, and those were uh, originally in... Uh, like uh one of the shooter games from like old PC days. Yeah, when there were lots of Star Wars games all the time. Oh yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them are still up, which is crazy to me. I'm surprised they haven't just flat out delisted most of them. But we uh we are in a time where we have significantly fewer games but way more shows. Oh, um, absolutely. So we we uh we've just finished Obi-Wan we have just finished Obi-Wan and uh, Gib, what is your, uh, you, you like a Star Wars. I do. You like I've a Star Wars. I've been like a Star Wars. And uh, you, uh, you have a especially more reverence for the uh, prequel era. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Some would say your favorite Star Wars movie is <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. That's true. It is. That is 100% correct. <laughs> Some would say that. Uh, I will take it. Th this is the hill I will die on. I, um, I, don't, I think it's fine. 
Yeah, I mean, there. My the other thing that's like laughable is also that I'm willing to admit they're all not that great. So, you know, I picked this one and you don't like it for these reasons, but we could pick apart all of them because they all kind of suck. Oh, I can absolutely. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, Star Wars is not supposed to be um, Oscar winning film. Right. It never has been. And I, I and the, the reverence that people hold those original three movies to. It's uh, I don't think it's earned maybe from a special effects standpoint, because it did do a lot for that. Yeah. And they're yeah. not, I'm not saying they're bad movies. I'm just not saying they're, uh, I don't know what I'm saying, but they're not all they're they're hyped up to be. Um, we've recently, uh, come to this time where, you know, th- this is the 20th anniversary of the attack of the clones this year. Nice. So everyone who was watching the prequels is now 20 years older and is the like loudest voice in uh like uh what we're hearing things about so all of the like old old heads who are like empire is the best and it's not even close uh they're not they're they're a little bit further out and now all of our millennial and uh you know gen z fans are like the prequels are actually sick you are though, seeing a lot of that yeah yeah and I even find myself uh, softening up a little bit on the prequels. Um, oh, yeah, totally. Because I watched them when I was a kid coming out in theaters. And even then, back then, I was like, you know, I don't know. There's just something not quite right about these. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't place my finger on it at the time. Um, but I think my the gripes that I had with it, I'm starting to care less about that. And now I can just kind of take them for what they are and... Uh, actually yeah. enjoy it when I watch them. And uh, this kind of uh, increasing public opinion of the prequels is um, what really brought, uh, I know you and McGregor said this in a lot of, of email or emails, interviews, um, just being like, it, he has a different relationship with Star Wars than he did 20 years ago because everyone's just that much better about it. You know, like the kid from Phantom Menace just like got bullied horrendously. Yeah. And yeah. Hayden was like only in like project films for the last 20 years. <laughs> so, yeah, not everybody came out of those movies unscathed. No, no, but that's. That's how they really hooked me for this show was like, hey, we're making an Obi-Wan show. Oh, cool. But you and McGregor's back. Oh, and Hayden Christensen. Oh. And that's how they I was in. I didn't know what to expect out of this show. I'm here. I was here exclusively based on you and, and Hayden being there. I was here out of uh, obligation to watch the things on the streaming service that I pay for. <laughs> oh, no, not, not really. Spite. Not really though. No, I was excited when I, especially, um, when they announced Ewan was coming back. When they announced Hayden was coming back, which is something I didn't expect. Um, I thought that was pretty cool too. And uh, well, I, I guess we should just get into it. Um, what it would give? What did you think of Obi Wan Kenobi? Um, I had a few. I had a few hail mary predictions. Um, that you know, ended up not coming true, but that's okay. 
Um, but mostly, uh, it's start where we started. Um, I was kind of happy with, um, but due to what we've gotten a lot recently from Star Wars, um, the the first episode, one of the opening scenes is the Grand Inquisitor and the third sister and the fifth brother coming out of their spaceship, the the uh, the Scythe. And just walking through the streets. And I immediately right away was watching it like, this would be so cool if we weren't on Sand Planet right now. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of that. And I think that uh, Disney and Lucasfilm kind of realized that. And they released two episodes. And the second episode had like no Tatooine on it at all. Which, uh, uh, which good, was great. Yeah, and, and good play. I wish they really do need to almost do that sometimes because I really think the two episode thing helps you get more out of uh, like the launch of a product. Yeah, and with that too is like whenever you start a show, it's like you got you can't just watch the first episode to like actually get a feel for it. You got to give it a little bit. Right. Um, and I think that like because if they had just dropped that first episode, I would have been like, Oh, great. This is cool. But then it's like, oh, by the way, here's like Leia and here's, you know, Alderaan and all this stuff. And it was like, oh, okay. Which, uh, like I significantly more invested due to the lack of sand. Yeah. And uh, I don't, is this the first time we've actually been on Alderaan in anything? Oh, that's a good question. Anything canon, anyway. Yeah, it might be. It's, huh. it, 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 at the least, at the very least, it's not something that... It's not a, like a planet that they utilize a lot. No. Yeah, because like the other cities that we've been to, you know, Coruscant, Naboo. Um, but I don't think Alderaan. That's a good point. Huh. So I'm with, I'm yeah. with you on Sand Planet. Um. <laughs> it's it's I, I keep so I, I not to get into my personal life too much, but I work in a place that has a lot of sand and you I hate root, sand. I, I, I don't like sand. It's rough, <laughs> coarse, and it gets everywhere and it's irritating and all that. Yeah. But uh, no, but but I routinely will make the joke if I see a pile of sand somewhere. I'm like, oh, look, it's a Disney plus Star Wars show. <laughs> and my coworkers yeah. love it. They laugh every time. Uh, it's wonderful. That's yeah. So we we finally got away from that, and I was really happy. Um, and I can honestly say that I was not expecting Leia to be such a center point of the show. I knew it was going to be like Inquisitor stuff, um, which was cool, but I I did not expect us to lean so heavily into Leia. I'll 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 go one further. I had no idea she was even going to be on the show. Yeah, no, me either. Um, but it makes sense, do, though. Yeah, what I do like about the way they did that is now in A New Hope when she's like, Obi-Wan, you're our only hope. Before, it was like, why? How do you know who this guy is? Who is this guy to you? You know? Yeah, for you sure. But now it's like, oh, he, you know, just saved you from death multiple times. <laughs> Yeah, so it makes yeah. more sense for her to have uh, put that trust in uh, old Ben Kenobi. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
A nice touch that they did uh, with her is her droid Lola, who comes into play later. Um, crap, what's her name? The actress for real Leia. Uh, Carrie Fisher? Yeah, Carrie Fisher, when she was like that age, she had a bird also named Lola. Oh, that is a nice touch. Yeah. No, I hadn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a lot of like little things in the show where I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um but the first what what I did like about Tatooine in this first episode was, and I know a lot of people didn't like this. They were like, I feel like we just spent a lot of time with Obi-Wan just doing this whole like sandworm meat carving thing and going back and forth. And it's like, but yeah, yep. That's the point. This is his life. You know? This is all he's been doing while he's been hiding on Tatooine, making sure Luke is, you know, not being hunted. That is the point, and I think it it does a good uh, way to kind of demonstrate what kind of headspace Obi-Wan is in. Because mm-hmm. um, he's, he's super-duper sad at first in the show. So depressed. And traumatized, depressed, uh, just going through the motions. Uh, keeping an eye on Luke when he can. And it's funny, I remember them, did they even announce, just to go back to Leia, because they announced the actor for Luke, and they kind of made a big deal out of it. Like, they even said, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, Mark they kind of did. Like, Mark Hamill, I think, tweeted something like, yeah, he's a worthy successor to playing Luke Skywalker, and then, uh, yeah. well, spoilers, Luke's not even in the show, almost. <laughs> yeah. It, he's there for a punchline at the end, which is good yeah i did love it yeah he did say the thing he did um uh, but yeah. like uh i don't did uh did we did we know leia was gonna be in this i didn't know so it's one of those classic disney swerves yeah where they'll uh market it one way and then actually um Oh man, I hate to say this, but uh, subvert your expectations. Yeah, which I know yeah. is the sore thing for Star Wars people. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And then we, we, we follow her. Uh, you know, I'm looking for. He goes to the planet, right? I'm looking for a girl, and he meets that that spice child, um, who. Uh, fun fact is also Ewan McGregor's daughter. Oh, that's true. Yes, yes, I saw that. Yeah, so meet meet Spice daughter, I guess. Um, and the, another like the heads up for all you listening, there are minor details that they throw in there that I just love and I'm gonna talk about. Hey, because that's fine. When we see the the 501st clone trooper with his helmet just like asking for change i was tearing up oh man it happened and it was like i saw i saw a clip and it was like the scene from the clone wars where they're just having an existential crisis that's like so what what do we do when there is no war and then it like cuts to this and i'm like oh god (laughs) this is uh Without a doubt, the um, probably the best use of Tamara Morrison that Star Wars has done this year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> for, for sure, it's not close. Um, 
Yeah, I heard the I heard his voice and I was like, oh, oh. I'm then, actually surprised uh, Obi Wan didn't have like a. I I I almost fully expected him to be like, uh, have like PTSD flashbacks from clone troopers, but yeah, some like Cody shit and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Oh, and super important here as well. Uh, this is the first time Lucasfilm has used live action clone armor, which is insane to me. All of it was CGI in the prequels. Why did they do that? I guess because there were just so many of them. I mean, I, I get that part for like the big battle shots, but it, like, so yeah, it's like almost so anytime you see a clone trooper in the prequel <laughs> trilogy, they're just a CGI person. Yeah. Yeah. With Tamara Morrison's head on them. That's oh, <laughs> oh my God! Choices. They made some choices. They did. Thank you, George. <laughs> Thank you, George. We love you, George. Uh, and then the end of this episode ends up with uh Riva, aka the third sister. Uh, you know, hunting down. Oh, even before this. Oh my God! Rewind. Um, Leia. And Obi-Wan have this big, like, ch- like chase scene where she doesn't trust him. And they yes. had met Haja, the fake Jedi. And um, they end up going to the spaceport. And this is this is where they first start to get when when Ewan starts talking about her parents. Just I am just a mess. When it's like. He's like, you remind me of someone. She was stubborn. I'm not stubborn. And like, <laughs> uh, she was a leader and, you know, a strong woman and all this stuff. And it was like, uh, you remind me of someone I used to know. And then I always assumed that that was Padme, who he was talking about. Yeah. Um, but it also occurred to me on the third watch through um, that that could also be Satine. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought about that. Yeah, for all of uh, all of our movie fans out there, Satine is Obi Wan's uh, love interest in uh, in the Clone Wars as well as before that. She was um, so. like, not Queen of Mandalore, but she was like uh, Prime Minister or something. Oh, Duchess. Yeah. See, Gib knows. Yeah. Gib knows all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, the Prime Minister was the other guy, the blonde dude with the goatee. And he was a bad guy. Spoilers, but it's been many years, so. Oh, well, we're watching, <laughs> we're watching the show that takes place after that, so I think it's fine. It's true. Uh, and then they end up in this, uh, in this shipping yard, and Reva reveals to Obi Wan that Anakin is not dead, and it hadn't really occurred to me that he didn't know. No, I know. I never. Yeah. Well, especially like you, um, if you're coming to this from the, uh, from watching like a new hope, um, it seems like Vader's pretty aware that Obi-Wan was still alive and kicking, which makes sense now that we have this show, but yeah, no, I guess I never really thought that he believed Anakin had died. Yeah. And what the, with that, well, that scene is. One, the, the first of a few excellent Rebels parallels. Um, 
where we get this scene and they pretty much recreated the same shot that they do with Ahsoka and she finds out that Darth Vader is Anakin. Yes. And it's, oh, it's so good. So good. Yes, there are a lot of uh, rebel parallels in this. And then Reva kills the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> yes, yeah, she totally did. He's dead. And so I was watching this with uh, with uh, my girlfriend Katie at the time, who is significantly less Star Wars than I, which is fair. Uh, and she was like, man, I really saw that coming. And I was sitting there like, <laughs> I didn't. Like, <laughs> he he's he's alive later that's funny so i was like what (laughs) it really caught it was one of those things where a lot of the tension in these types of things that star wars is doing just doesn't exist because people have to live you know right yes and so they you know i I was like, there's no tension here because the Grand Inquisitor lives through this. If anything, Reva's going to die here. And then she stabbed him. And I was like, hang on a minute. I, I was uh, so, I, so I was kind of not quite sure if maybe there were just two Grand Inquisitors that happened to be the same race or something at first. Right. Um, because especially with the whole, uh, obviously, um, Jason Isaacs didn't come back to do uh, the role, which would have been sick. But I'm 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 actually pretty happy with what we got. Yeah, because I was really nervous. Uh, because in an interview, <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I didn't watch any of Rebels." Man, <laughs> and I was like, "No." He's like, "I don't want to like do what someone else did with the character. I want to like put my own." I'm like, "No, no, that's not what this is." I can see that though. He- because like not to not, not to skip forward too much, but like when the Grand Inquisitor is like sassing Vader on the bridge of the Star Destroyer in the last yeah episode, like Lord Vader, we need to go after the path or whatever. I was like, uh, do you know who you're talking to? Yeah, right. It's like you don't talk to him like that. And it was so jarring because in an interview before that one, Hayden Christensen was like, I watch all of the Clone Wars and Rebels. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Hayden Christensen, who um, not only do we all collectively owe an apology to. Yeah, um, he really put in the work for this show. He did. And we do end up. uh, Do we see him in the second one? Right at the end. Right at the end. We get the. Right. Uh, yes. That was him in the back to tank in all the makeup the whole time, which you would never know. <laughs> no. If they hadn't announced that it was Hayden Christensen, I wouldn't have assumed that it was Hayden Christensen. Right. Uh, and then we jump right into uh, the third episode where this is this episode was wild. Um I recently finished reading one of the Star Wars books called uh, Lords of the Sith, which is a book about Palpatine and Vader. And in this book, we see a terribly murderous Darth Vader who you don't really see in the movies because in A New Hope and the original trilogy in general, the suit was just so bulky and really bad that they couldn't move that much. Yeah. And we get a little bit of it at the end of Rogue One, but a this episode, 
really brought to life this like, oh, this is terrifying. Yeah, he's a slasher villain. Yes. He's like slowly walking. He's going to catch up to you anyway, even though he's moving at the speed of uh, walk. Yeah. And he's just killing people left and right. He does not care. Yeah. So before before we get to that, this episode also has a really awesome place in my heart because um, one of the guys I work with, he's huge into Star Wars, but he is very much uh, an Empire kind of guy. He really, really likes the Empire. And Tala here showed up in the trailer and the uh, rank insignia on her uniform is one that we haven't seen before. Fun fact. Oh, really? Yeah. And I would never have noticed this um, until he pointed it out to me. So he was like, I need to find out who this person is. And literally within the first like 30 seconds of her on screen, she's a rebel. She's a traitor immediately. So I went to work the next day and I'm just laughing in this guy's face. (laughs) Like the one character you were excited for. He was uh, pretty disappointed. Yeah, he was upset. It was really funny. Um, So... We get there, and then we end up going to one of the Paths safe houses that they supposedly have in, uh, you know, throughout the galaxy, as they say. So the Path is sort of this underground railroad for not just Jedi, but like Force sensitives and Mm -hmm. uh, maybe just like Empire criminals also. Right. Um. And that, that she does, you know, say like the empires force or hunting anyone force sensitive, which is like a recurring theme in Star Wars, where uh, good guys and bad guys are always looking for force sensitive children. It's especially in um, the. Uh, I feel like in like the, a lot of the new Star Wars stuff that has become a reoccurring plot point. Yeah, like we see it in. Uh, we see it in the Clone Wars. Uh, there's a whole episode about it in Rebels. Um, pretty much all of For- Fallen Order is about that. Um, Mandalorian has some of that as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we arrive at this safe house and written on the walls is all kinds of all kinds of stuff uh, in the Star Wars uh, language of Orabesh. And you can find videos where a guy, there's this guy, forget his name, uh, <laughs> he translates all of it. And there's names like uh, uh, Caleb Jarris, you might know that name. Um, and we, we get Quinlan Voss as well, who is a passing character in, he does appear once in The Phantom Menace. And he's also in the Clone Wars. And he's, the, well, and he's the tracker in, Jedi. Yeah, he's this lone wolf kind of dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess he lived, and I guess in my head that makes sense because to me, he's more of like a lone wolf who doesn't really have a like company of clones like most of them do. But right. then his name's mentioned in Revenge of the Sith, so I don't know. Well, you know, that's it's probably hard to keep all uh, these things tr- track of all these things. Yeah, there's an explanation for this somewhere. But when they mentioned his name, I was like, oh, man, we're going to get live action Quinlan Voss back. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I was wrong. 
It happens. And then, you know, you can only see once your eyes are closed, blah, blah, blah. Leia runs off with Tala, and uh, Obi-Wan is, is staggered by the pres- force presence of what happens to be Darth Vader. Yes, and, uh, this is his first time seeing him alive after leaving him for dead on uh, Mustafar. And dear Lord, this is this is the killer that I was really amped for, where he's just like walking through this and he's looking at everyone being menacing and then just force chokes a guy out of his own home. Yeah. <laughs> Picks he- him up is like killing him and his son runs out and he's like dad and he's like oh that's interesting it breaks this kid's neck (laughs) i was honestly kind of surprised that this was happening it's so dark like that they let that (laughs) like in this disney plus star wars show they let something they let vader snap a kid's neck and then continues walking forward and force chokes this woman and drags her across the ground for no reason. <laughs> well, the reason, I mean, <laughs> it was a it's little, to, you know, lure yeah, the Jedi. he's trying to lure Obi-Wan out because he knows he's not going to just let this happen. Yeah. And then we get uh, Obi-Wan runs away because he's still trying to connect with the force and Darth Vader is very clearly just a terrifying specimen of the force. He's a monster. He is, yeah. Uh, And so they run out into some random refinery in like Colorado or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And we see they, they finally like meet. So they're, they're facing each other. Vader's lightsaber ignites. And you see Obi-Wan clutching his lightsaber. And then he realizes what's going on and just runs away. <laughs> and it was so good because I was like, really? Are we just about to, like, are we getting it that easy? And he runs away. And I was like, yeah, like, this is not good for him. It's not good for him. And he does try to run away. But unfortunately, much like a slasher villain, Vader catches up to him. And we get by walking, by walking. And we get our first, uh, face-off between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Yeah. So that second time he comes up, lightsaber again. It's like, what have you become? I am what you made me. It was like, oh, Which is a good oh. line. Good line. It's so good. Um, and they, they start a fight, and Obi-Wan just gets fucking crushed. It's, uh... He, he, he loses it very badly. He loses and, very badly. And he's like, you know, Darth Vader's like, uh, you know, time has made you weak or whatever. And uh, Obi-Wan eventually, you know, slices open this this pipe that shoots out smoke and he runs away again. And then Vader catches up, knocks over some flammable rocks, lights them on fire. And then just picks up Obi-Wan. This is, very, this is a very petty thing that Darth Vader does. And then he's like, and now you will suffer as I did. And throws him into the fire. Yeah, he just drags him through it. 
Like, I, I have to say, one of my favorite things is right after he knocks all the, the, the flammable material on the ground, he just slowly leans down and lights it with his lightsaber. It's, it's, it's so good. Uh, and you know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be like, oh man, that like really hurts. And then you remember Revenge of the Sith where he, you know, Vader lost three limbs and was in lava. And it's like, yeah, it's still not that bad. No, lava is infinitely more worse than fire. Uh, and so at the very end of this, Vader force pushes the fire out. Uh, and Tala reignites the fire. Stormtroopers can't aim for shit, and then they get away. Um, and uh, what, but meanwhile, uh, Leia has been captured by uh, Reva. Yes, who killed a snowspeeder pilot, who we will learn, we kind of learn more about later. Um, but one of the things that I was talking about with people when this episode came out was everyone being like, why didn't he just kill him? And it's very apparent that Vader doesn't want to beat Obi-Wan like this. He wants to fight a full power master Kenobi and really prove himself. Yes. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's very clear in all of Star Wars media that there are two ways Vader fights. And one is if... If he's going to kill you, he's just going to do it. There is no waiting around about it. But when he's fighting someone that he has history with or uh, like a personal connection to, like for that matter, why didn't he just force choke old Ben Kenobi in A New Hope? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Instead of the like single swipe. <laughs> yeah. The, it's the worst lightsaber fight in the series. <laughs> so bad. It's, it is the worst, unfortunately, but... Yeah, I, he's obviously toying with everyone also here. It's it's not. I I get why people were. Why well, didn't they just kill him? But like, also, I mean, look at the show you're watching. You know where all these yeah. characters are going to end up. Why are you even? Why would you even think that he would kill him like that? Yeah, and so after this, uh, you know, they make it off, and. Uh, Leia goes to uh, Fortress Inquisitorius. Which is insane and, to me. Yeah. And um, Obi-Wan and Tala go to Jabim, which happens to be this hub of escape for Force Sensitives and enemies of the Empire or whatever. And the way they, they opened the episode was like, here's Obi-Wan in the back to tank because he has to heal from being, you know, burned. Right. But here's Vader in the back to tank. So Obi-Wan really didn't have it that bad. <laughs> no, no, he was fine. I, yeah. You know, I, I I, really thought there was, I had a thought in my head that maybe that was going to be how they explain why his hair goes white in 10 years. That's what my thing was. I was like, so this is why he looks so bad. And then, no. <laughs> no. Not uh, at all. It's just age. But, yeah. This episode... Um, it was kind of a, a, a bit of a lull because of how just incredible episode three was. Yes. But episode four was cool for all my Fallen Order fans out there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I remember watching it and, and sitting there and saying, wait a minute, that looks really familiar. And then yeah, it turns out so, it's the exact same place that you 
the finale of Fallen Order takes place in. Yeah, this is this, me and uh, a friend at work were kind of upset about this. Uh, because so at the end of Fallen Order, you end up going to Fortress Inquisitorius, which is a, a water based moon in the Mustafar system. It makes sense that the Inquisitors would be close to Vader's castle on Mustafar, right. blah blah blah, whatever. Um, and the way you get in to Fortress Inquisitorius in Fallen Order is you swim in, right? Um, Fallen Order takes place five years before this show. Right. Five years later, Obi-Wan swims in. <laughs> Gib, this is, the, this is the same empire that built two Death Stars. Yeah. 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 So that was really <laughs> funny. Um, also, doesn't, uh, you know, maybe I'm misremembering, but at the end of Fallen Order, isn't you kind of fuck up Fortress Inquisitorius? I think Va- like the fight with Vader ends up flooding the place. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, Ma- but he turned around and fixed with- it with the force. So, yeah. Fallen Order spoilers, by the way. Oh, yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> that was that was terrifying because right at the end of that, like that final boss battle was like tough. And then yes. Vader shows up. Real fear for me when that happened. Yeah, it was like I'm never gonna beat this game. <laughs> yeah, they did a good uh, job. And that, so you run away in that game through the hallway, mm-hmm. and this a very similar hallway appears again in this show, and looks exactly the same. I was very impressed. Yeah, this is a, the attention to detail with those Imperial engineers that they can build the base back to look exactly how it was before <laughs> they destroyed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, there's not a whole lot to, to really tell here. They break her out. We get phase two purge troopers. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, there's also that weird uh, trophy room with the uh, the, the Jedi oh, frozen yeah. in amber. Or yeah. So I was, I was watching a video about this. Like, there's only one that people can, like, positively identify. And that's the first one where he's like, this isn't a, you know, whatever. This is a tomb. Um, and she is some random like one-off Jedi from the Clone Wars or something. Oh, okay. Um, but then you know we get we get this episode is more like Obi Wan gaining his Force powers back. So when they're on their way to Fortress Inquisitorius, which doesn't have any defenses because the Empire's taking the approach that no one's stupid enough to attack it. Yeah. Um, and they're that, and that they're hubris. The yeah. Reason. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they go in and on their way there, Obi-Wan is like struggling to like force pull something on the ship. But then as it goes on, we see him like pushing over things in another room to distract stormtroopers and slowly in like the blaster fight in the hallway, he his deflecting skills come back and he gets better at shooting them right back at the stormtroopers. Yeah, this is good setup that uh, is paid off later. Yeah, this is the. You know, he's already done one of his, uh, you know, trials, I guess. And now he's taking time to recover and be better. And his next trial comes in the next episode. Where uh, they take Leia back to Jabim. And they escape Fortress Inquisitorius. Not before Reva installs a tracker 
on Loa. So they let her go. And at the end of the fourth episode, Vader, again, just terror. He's so huge and just walking so fast through this hallway. Doors open, immediately force choking Reva. And it's like, uh, you know, you suck, essentially. Yes. And, and she's like, nah, I played them. Don't worry about it. And then he, you know, maybe you're, you know, better than I thought you were. And so they're able to track them back to Jabim, which again is the, the hub of this force sensitive situation. Yeah, it's like the, and, the path home base. Yeah. Yeah. And this episode was another one of those things where I was like, yeah, we get to see Vader be as cool as he is. Um, but we learn a lot about Reva in this episode as well. So this episode opens, they make it back, and Lola shuts the hangar doors so they're trapped in. And um, Reva gets to be the Grand Inquisitor. Yes. And then the Star Destroyer parks over top of this place. Yes, just hanging out up there. So Reva goes down with stormtroopers, purge troopers, all this, and is trying to take them out. But this whole episode is a parallel to a Jedi training lightsaber fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin flashback to the prequels. Which is good stuff. So good. It's so good. It opens with a lightsaber clash and we immediately cut to the beginning of this conflict. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, Obi-Wan goes, he doesn't have the patience for a siege. He's going to attack. And they're like, how do you know that? Cut back to this lightsaber duel where he's just being overly aggressive and just being super punished for this, uh, for his overaggression. And then we cut back and this, the attack has started. And then we learn about who Reva is. And... It starts with Obi-Wan stalling for time. And we learn that Reva knows who Anakin, a.k.a. Vader, is because she was on Coruscant as a youngling when Order 66 happened. Now, let me ask you, did you did you see that coming at all? No. Yeah, for some reason, and I don't know why, uh, it completely slipped my mind that she might have been a youngling like that was there for Ordy 66. Yeah. He was like, Vader would have kept that hidden. It was, it was the, the, uh, Rayman and Patrick scene from, from SpongeBob where he's like, so you know who Anakin is. Yep. Vader would have kept that hidden. Yep. But you know who he is. Uh Uh-huh. This is me agreeing with Obi-Wan the whole time. And it's like, so you were there the night of order 66. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and we get this like really dark story from Breva about playing dead among the younglings and, you know, feeling their bodies go cold, which is <laughs> like, Oh my God. It's, it's, yeah, it is very, uh, it's very serious at this point. Uh, and then we realize that, Reva isn't really an inquisitor to hunt Jedi. She is trying to hunt Vader. Yes. 
she wants to kill him since she killed or he killed her, the only family she had. And this begins some like unlikely love-hate relationship between Obi-Wan and Reva. Right. And Reva gets just upset about this as you do when you turn to the dark side. Yes, it's very upsetting. And, and you know, cuts the door open, which why didn't they do that in the first place, but you know. Uh and right away, Obi-Wan force pushes her away. She slides back and thus begins um the the invasion, I guess. Uh Yeah, they uh kind of storming the base pretty much. Yes. And I do point out the force push because it is a cool parallel to later in the episode. But um, this battle starts and Obi-Wan's doing Obi-Wan things. But with the number of stormtroopers they have and Reva, uh, they're losing. Yes. And in all of this, the shipping droid from the third episode, as well as Tala, just start really holding them off. And then Tala takes a nice little shot to the abdomen. So Tala is going to, she, she's hurting. And this droid starts like tanking a bunch of shots for her while Vader's, or Obi-Wan is holding people off. And then they kind of push Obi-Wan back. And Tala's like, you know, this is it. Blah, blah, blah. Shoots the door closed. And looks at him and goes, May the force be with you as she pulls out a thermal detonator. And she uh, she sacrifices herself for the cause. Yes. Uh, and the droid as well. Right. Which I feel like we're supposed to feel bad for, but. No, I was very upset. Yeah. I. Uh, it's these kinds of this as well as the death at the end of the fourth episode. You know, they don't feel that, well, Talos feels more impactful, but they don't feel that impactful until you realize that these are the first real deaths in the Empire versus the what becomes the Rebellion. Yes. Because, it, you know, they do this whole thing in the fourth episode where they're like, you know, we're not warriors. And it's like, well, turns out you are now. Yeah, you gotta and, get in there, yeah. And so with Obi-Wan in the back foot, cut back to the duel. And it looks like, you know, Obi-Wan's being beaten in this lightsaber fight. It's like, it's over, master, you know? And then Obi-Wan turns himself in. Um, oddly enough, it's this weird move. He hands off his lightsaber and the, uh, communicator thing that he has and the blaster off to, uh, Haja and just gives up. And we see him kneel in front of Reva. And then she's like, you know, it's over. We have Obi-Wan Kenobi, blah, blah, blah. And then Obi-Wan just reveals, he's like, you're not bringing Vader to me. I'm bringing him to you. This is this master plan. And I love in this episode, we see like the tactician Obi-Wan from like the Clone Wars. Yes, where he's really General like Kenobi. Exactly. And the way uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., I forget his character's name, um, 
the way he keeps referring to Obi-Wan as general was just like, oh, yeah. His name is Callan Roken. Colin oh, Roken. yeah, Roken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Vader ends up, you know, coming down. And for some reason, they just like let Obi-Wan go. I don't understand. Yeah, I was a little confused about what exactly the plan was because he turns himself in and then he's like, nah, just kidding. And then he goes back and gets on the ship and leaves with them and also gets his weapons back. I was like, well, then what was the point of all of that? Yeah, I I, I know it was to to get Vader down there and like put him in front of Reva, but I just don't know how he got away. I don't understand. Anyway, um. Yeah, so they this is this is the crazy part. And don't don't get me wrong, I'm not a huge bait and switch fan. Okay. Right. Not a huge fan of that. When they did that in like episode nine where it's like, Chewie's dead, and it's like, I guess he was on a different transport. It, oh like I was God. like, I hate I hate you so much. Yeah. But the ship starts to take off after they get the hangar doors open because Leia ends up going into the, you know, ventilation shaft and takes off the tracker off of Lola. Oh, I'm sorry. Just, is... just a second. Uh, she went up the ventilation shaft. <laughs> uh, so that's yeah, how my brain a, works. <laughs> that was a weird scene, though, where it was like Lola's like supposed to like be interfering but also it's just like some weird like toy droid yeah it's like the uh, the restraining bolt was on her and then taking that off uh reprogrammed her to be a good droid again yeah but there wasn't even like a conflict because it was just some like she's just some random fun time droid i guess yeah i don't know it was weird. Anyway, <laughs> she's like the R2D2 remote control that you can buy on Amazon right now for us. Yes. <laughs> Use code. Uh, what's playing tonight? No, I wish. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, get on the ship and the ship goes away and Vader just stops it, just grabs it out of the air. And we've seen this before. But yes. People are like very clearly strained. And he is not. Yeah, he, he just kind of grabs it, and I was like audibly, like sitting in my house. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> it's cool to see some of the stuff that he does in Rebels, like in live action, because you know you can get a lot, you can get away with a lot more in animation because you don't have the right. physical constraints. But to see him do stuff like stop a ship with the Force uh, in live action for the first time, that it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And then he pulls he pulls it back down to the ground and just starts tearing this ship apart with the force. And that again, I was just like, oh, no. Oh, God. Because it's, he's just so we, we don't see how like terrifying he is until this show. Right. It's like this, this is who he is. He's just going to tear ships apart with the force looking for these people. And then turns out it's not them and they fly away. No, they, were on another, they were on another transport. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a bait and switch, which I don't like, but it was made up for by having terrifying Vader. Yes, and also um, the fight between uh, Vader and Reva, where he does not even ignite his lightsaber until she is pretty much already beaten. Well, it's not even his. That's the sick part. So after this, uh, Reva comes up behind him 
and ignites the lightsaber, tries to take a swing, and he just kind of like uses the force to like stop it. Yes. He just turns around. <laughs> and the whole first part of this fight is her trying to hit him and him like casually moving out of the way. Yeah, and occasionally holding his hand up to block the saber, like with the force. It, oh. it's, it was sick. Yeah, uh, this the, the fight starts with a force push away. And she does the exact same like stance she did when Obi-Wan pushed him away or pushed her away. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. It might not have been intentional, but it felt like intentional to me. Yeah. Um, and so she's clearly being beaten with Vader just using the force and starts spinning her Inquisitor saber. And he just stops it with the force. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. If you are a Vader fan. This might be the show for you because he does the the coolest Vader things that I think I've ever seen. He just grabs her lightsaber, snaps it in half, and throws her one of them. That that was like so badass to me because one, he snapped it, and I don't know if you noticed this, but the hilt looks a lot like the hilt that Maul uses in Rebels. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so now I'm like, did Maul kill an Inquisitor? He has but... the same one in uh, his brief cameo in Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, he also has a, uh, I think, a, a broken Inquisitor lightsaber. So maybe there's something there. But maybe. yeah, he just tosses her the other half of this lightsaber. And he's like, all right, let's fight for real. Yeah. <laughs> and just proceeds to just terribly destroy this fight just not even close knocks her down force grabs this light the other lightsaber and two things happen here number one he takes a like kind of ahsoka stance when he's holding both of them which might just be like the shoto style of holding two lightsabers yeah but i was like hey that's ahsoka and then it occurred to me that she was like on her knees and Vader was holding two lightsabers and I was like, oh, oh yeah, he's going to do the Count Dooku thing. <laughs> I was so ready for like them to recreate that revenge of the Sith scene. I was like, this is, this is awesome. That would have been nice. But uh, it does this cooler thing where she has this flashback to Order 66 where Vader stabs her through the abdomen and uh, the this Vader does the same thing. Yes. And he does this whole, did you not think I would see it coming, youngling? Uh, and then through the doors comes uh, Purge Troopers, stormtroopers, and the not-dead Grand Inquisitor. Yes, evidently he was also on another transport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so and he comes in and he's like, revenge does wonders for the will <laughs> to live. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but then I'm sitting there and I was like, this is a set, like there's a this has to be a setup that pays off because they stabbed her the same way she stabbed the Grand Inquisitor. And then he says that revenge does wonders for the will to live. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, <laughs> I guess it's not a very lethal stab. <laughs> But my thing is like, so do you guys want her to come back? Like, is is this a setup? 
The Sith, have, the Sith have always had this weird thing about, yeah, you know, I'm training my apprentice and, uh, you know, I fully expect you to try to kill me, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep you around and I'm going to keep teaching you stuff. And, and right. it's, it's, they're very weird when it comes to that. And yeah, this whole, like, you're going to suffer through your death or whatever. Right. And then they, they, they skedaddle. The episode ends. Uh, and Riva finds the little communicator where Bail Organa was like, hey, Obi-Wan, uh, you know this Owen guy who has a son on Tatooine? Yeah, it was a uh, very convenient find. <laughs> uh, and so they they set us up for quite a lot. And what was funny was before I watched the sixth episode, uh, a good friend of the show um mario yes messages me he was like have you found any plot holes so far and i was like no uh even though we've just worked out some in this past hour small one but yeah yeah and he was like don't you think they would just like have a star destroyer like they had the star destroyer parked over top how did they not just shoot that piece of junk out of the sky um and i was like that's a good point and then the sixth episode opens with them trying to shoot that piece of junk out of the sky. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, there we go. That's that's filled. And we see Obi-Wan on this ship being like, he is not phased by them being shot at at all. Because, you know, he's been there and everyone else is like freaking out. Yeah, he's a he's a war veteran at this point. He's probably been on the countless ships that have been shot at. Yeah. And uh we've we get him talking to uh the, the O'Shea Jackson Jr. again, who I've again forgotten his name. <laughs> Roken. Roken, thank you. Um and he's like, Hey, so let's get out of here. And Broken's like, Yeah, we gotta like work on uh all this stuff with the ship and it's like how much time have you got or do you need more than we have or whatever and we turn back and see leia kind of cheering up kids with lola mm-hmm. and obi-wan's like yeah maybe i need to borrow her because you know he's terrified and probably like a terrible ptsd from all of this right and they develop a plan for Obi-Wan to uh, take the shuttle and just break it off. He's going to split off from the group because he knows that that's what Vader wants. And as he takes off, we see in his pocket, Leia had given him Lola. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it was a very sweet moment. (laughs) And we cut back to the Star Destroyer bridge and the Grand Inquisitor is like, Hey, we got to keep going for all these people. And Vader's like, no, we're going for Obi-Wan. He's like, but then like all these people leave. And then Vader's like, yeah, but Obi-Wan. <laughs> uh, and again, I'm just surprised he didn't just immediately choke the Grand Inquisitor when he started disagreeing with him. Yeah, right. It's like, like we just saw how like brutal this is. But I guess there there must be some sort of like understanding between the two of them. I guess There must be. Right. Like. I don't know. All I know is that uh, by the time Rebels comes around, he is so scared of Vader that he would rather jump off a cliff and die 
then like report that he failed to him. There are things scarier than death. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> As he falls into like a like pot of lava, essentially. Like, huh? <laughs> and then meanwhile, uh, in this show, he's like, "Well, you know, Lord Vader, I think we should go after the path." It's one Jedi or like potentially a lot of them. But it was Yeah, fine. but um and so the Star Destroyer follows this transport that Obi-Wan is on to unnamed planet. And it, this this is where the fun begins. It really is, yes. We get an Imperial shuttle drop out of this Star Destroyer. I would have really liked it if it was Vader's TIE advanced, but you know. Yeah, I I, I know. But I, I actually really liked seeing the uh, shuttle, though. And they both land on this planet. And we get maybe the best live-action lightsaber fight. I, I'm almost inclined to agree with you. It's close with Revenge of the Sith. It's, it's very close. It's really close. As a matter of fact, I think this uh, there there's a lot of parallels with uh, how Revenge of the Sith ended and how this show ends. Oh, oh they oh, dude. <sighs> when he just he just goes, I will do what I must. And then Vader goes, then you will die. It's like, oh, yeah, mm. a lot of parallels. Oh, I loved it so much. They said they said it, and I was I was at home like, yes, yeah, that's the thing. And then Katie's next to me like, what? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, and then we begin this like crazy lightsaber fight. Um, and in the background, Riva has somehow made it to Tatooine. Yes. <laughs> How did she get there? I don't uh, know. <laughs> she I don't know. She got on a starship or something. Something like that. Uh and and she goes to take Luke. But Owen and uh Baru they know this. Goats of the and this show. This is the first time we're seeing Baru in the show. Yes, goats of the show, in my opinion. Yes. They I they are so badass with how far they're gonna go to protect uh their nephew. It's just so funny when Owen's like, they're coming. And then Baru's like, get the guns. <laughs> yeah, she, especially Aunt Baru, like, I would not mess with her. Uh, and they go through this, like, honestly, really sick fight between Riva and Owen and Baru. Yeah, they put up a good fight. Uh, in, in the Lars homestead. <laughs> Which is huge, by the way. It doesn't look that large. No, it's uh, and it's nice to see such a familiar location. It's like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember yeah, that. Especially yeah, even, remember like that. after playing Lego Star Wars again, also, um, because <laughs> I have been doing that, um, yeah. and getting more reacquainted with the uh, Lars homestead. They did a good job, uh, recreating it. It was very good, and it's they they put up. They're able to put up a good fight because Riva is just terribly injured. Um, and eventually, you know, Owen gets just like clocked in the head with this lightsaber, just the hilt, not the actual lightsaber. Yeah. Um, 
and then Baru tries to hold off Riva. Doesn't really work. And Luke escapes through the roof and runs away. I had an awe moment where she was like, oh, you love him like he's one of, like he's your own. And, and Owen's just like, he is my own. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, man. Man, we've been good. <laughs> Uncle Owen's actually been a good guy this whole time. This whole time. He called Obi-Wan a crazy space wizard, but maybe he was right. Maybe he was right. <laughs> Look what happened. <laughs> and then we cut back to a uh, lightsaber fight. More lightsaber fighting is happening. Yes. And it's, it's close this time. It's, it truly is, is a battle because Obi-Wan has, you know, returned to uh, return to form. But we see that Vader is still better when he's like, you know, Essentially, like, hey, you're gonna die anyway, and just uses the force to collapse the ground underneath him. Yeah, he drops a mountain on him. It was no big deal. <laughs> yeah, and he Obi Wan's down in this pit, and Vader is up, still on top, looking down on him. And I was like, say it, say the thing, say the high ground part, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been terrible, but I was already so in the moment. And yeah, he just starts throwing rocks in this pit and just keeps on throwing them and just walks away. Yeah, and I was you, like, huh. When you, uh, when you got the high ground and you still throw the fight. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and we slowly zoom in on Obi-Wan, who is uh, using the force to keep these rocks off of him. And then the weirdest thing happens. Where he gets flashbacks to, you know, what he's fighting for, which happens to be Leia and Luke and essentially the future of uh, the Skywalker line and all of this. And he is able to use the force to push all the rocks out. He lives. But it's it's interesting because of this whole, like, the Jedi shouldn't develop attachments thing. Yes. But it helped him out, you know? Oh, does this count? Okay. Uh, a little bit of theorizing here. Okay. Does this count as a slip into the dark side? No. So, here's my take. This is this is one of my, my, my many takes. All right. Uh, in terms of, like... I have this really upsetting uh, relationship with uh, the way the Jedi Council and the Senate works and the Republic. Yeah. So, in the High Republic, okay, this occurs 200 years before uh, the events of Phantom Menace. They talk about how relationships are chill as long as you don't, like, let it take over your decision making, essentially. Oh, okay, yeah. And over these 200 years in the High Republic, the Jedi Council slowly becomes more and more integrated with the Senate and becomes more um, tied to them instead of being like an independent thing. And this inevitably leads to the downfall of the Jedi Council and the last remnants of what the Jedi truly are, are Qui-Gon Jinn, Anakin Skywalker, and all of this. I could go on and on. But Obi-Wan 
using these things, these relationships that he's built to elevate him to the next level of being a Jedi is like calling back to what the Jedi Order used to be, which I think is really sick. Yeah, no, totally. And you know, this is a long-winded theory but no no i mean it makes that makes sense though because just just like parallel to the real world obviously uh beliefs and the traditions change over time throughout history and to until the point that whatever the uh original intention was is uh almost unrecognizable and and, and a period of 200 years and especially if they get so integrated with the politics um, I could absolutely see why something like that would happen. Right. It's uh, I, I could go on and on about Star Wars politics, but <laughs> that's not what we're here for. But Obi-Wan jumps out of the pit and comes up to Vader and lightsaber fight continues. And Obi-Wan is significantly more powerful this time. Yes. Or is pushing him away. Like just like manhandling him. Yeah, with he's the force. he's like actually I'm the best Jedi, <laughs> and it's not close. And this is like, and in case you were wondering, lifts up all the rocks and just starts pelting. Yes. <laughs> and it was awesome throwing all of this shit at him. And I'm pretty sure Vader's just like using the force to like block all this stuff, but it's the. It wasn't so much trying to hurt him. It's mostly like, check out how cool I am. This is the difference Um, between us. Yeah. And then comes the greatest part of this. Where Obi-Wan is winning the lightsaber duel, but the, the hits that he's getting in are not hitting the man so much as they are hitting the machine. He's, uh, you know, slicing the the chest plate and yeah. trying to get the respirator to stop working and this all culminates into slicing open one half of the helmet enter rebels parallel 2 yes uh this exact same thing happens with ahsoka in the season 2 finale of rebels and they also have this like Anakin and Ahsoka relationship where Vader then takes over again and fight continues. And as soon as he cut open that helmet, I was like, oh, we're going to do it. Let's go. Yeah. And then comes comes uh, Piers number one from me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where he cuts open the helmet and Obi-Wan is just profusely apologizing to Anakin about how he's failed him and all of this. And I am, and he's, you and McGregor just delivers it so well. Yes. Oh my God. I, and, and I, I'm sitting at home. I'm in, I'm in tears. Um, and we cut back to Anakin with, um, both their lightsabers out. We have a blue light on Anakin's face where he says, I'm not your failure. And then the blue light switches to the red light of Vader's lightsaber, and he goes, I killed him. It's like, oh, oh no. 
And, and it's, it's a good look into just like how far gone Anakin really is at this point. Oh yeah. There, there, there is no Anakin anymore. And Vader or Obi-Wan is like, all right, well, goodbye, Darth. And just walks away, which uh, and, sets up to why he calls him Darth in a new hope, I guess. Yeah. It's a, they really build a lot into how a new hope works and answers a lot of questions there, which is really cool. So I never, I, I know some people do kind of think it's a, a plot hole that maybe they just like, as Lucas was making the original trilogy, he hadn't quite worked out that Vader was uh, Luke's dad yet. But right. I, you know, honestly though, even if he had worked that out, I could totally understand why Obi-Wan wouldn't want to tell Luke that his dad is the evil space Nazi. Yeah. Uh, that that was never a like a plot hole to me. Well, and they do that in uh in the show as well, right? When Leia's like, "Are you my dad?" and he's like, "No, but I wish I was." It's like that's such an easier thing to tell these people that yes, your dad isn't the most murderous man in the galaxy. Right. Obi-Wan would be a good dad. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then <laughs> as Obi-Wan walks away, uh, Vader just starts yelling, Obi-Wan! And I saw someone on Twitter being like, he had to yell Obi-Wan because the Kenobi scream was taken. <laughs> That's true, yes. <laughs> Kenobi! Uh, it's a, it's yeah, a good scream, too. Uh, the The... the the Hayden's voice with the slow transition and the uh, like distortion of the Vader voice as well. Yeah, the way they go back and forth between Hayden and uh, James Earl Jones is really good. Yes. As we're like walking this balance between seeing Anakin for, you know, who he is and Vader who has killed him. Um, really great. Another another one of those things was just like, so why didn't he just kill him? You know, that's yeah, I know mm-hmm. because he and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I really wish I could come up with a good reason for you, but I uh, continuity. Yeah, the, the, that's the real reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have, I have no good. I have no good reason for why Obi-Wan wouldn't just kill Vader there either. Yeah, and so Obi-Wan flies off. Back to Tatooine is like, where else are you going to go? I guess. And lands at the Lars homestead because he feels through the force that Reva's there, I think, or something like that. Yeah, he's he's at this point, he's fully connected back to he's full Jedi again. Yeah. Um, You know, he can throw rocks and stuff. And also he can use his senses now. And this part really made me laugh where Lars and uh, Baru or Owen and Baru are out in the desert like, Luke, Luke, Luke. And then Obi-Wan comes up like, where is he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great question, Obi-Wan. Yeah. He can sense. He just can't hear. (laughs) They actually know where he is. They're just yelling his name in the middle of the desert. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Asshole. Uh. And so Riva has chased uh, Luke off into the distance and Obi-Wan is now kind of trying to help out Luke and Luke's running through the desert through these like little mountains has a little slip and fall 
and just gets knocked out. Yes. Reva stares at him laying on the ground and wants to, she's going to kill him to really prove herself until she realizes that she would be no worse or no better than Vader if she did the same thing. She starts yeah. getting flashbacks to her being that child, that helpless, defenseless child. She'd be, she'd be killing younglings just like he exactly. did. And so she carries Luke back to the Lars homestead and drops Luke on the ground. And he's just like, just really torn up about this. And I loved that Owen and Lars come and pick up Luke and they both just kind of look at her like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like kind of suspiciously. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I, I thought that was very good. I honestly didn't see it coming, but should have. Didn't see it coming like, that she would. Um, that she would like show mercy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I actually fully expected her to. My, my, my prediction for her character was that she was going to turn good and then die somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I was certain she was going to die. But now she made uh, it. Yeah, no, she was. She's good. She comes. Uh, she comes back. She's like, you know, I couldn't do it. And Obi-Wan does the whole, like, you're better than him now, and your fate is now up to you. Right. And it's this really nice scene. And then, you know, we we enter the, uh, the, the denouement, if you will, where we see Obi-Wan pack up from his cave. He's, he, that's done for him. Um, and he then goes to Alderaan. And we see... Leia getting dressed in Leia, like very much like, oh, this is Princess Leia. Yes. Outfit. Uh, she ended up with Tala's holster, which she dons, and the gloves from the second episode of the show. Right. And puts Lola in the holster, and they have more visitors. Who's it going to be this time? And it's Obi Wan. Wow. Mm <laughs> hmm. Uh, oh, she didn't put Lola in the holster because this is when Obi-Wan returns Lola. Right, right. And then Q uh, Tears Part 2. This one almost got me. When he kneels down to her and he's like, Leia, you know when I said I didn't know your parents? And just starts rhyming off, you know, qualities of Leia. And it's like, you inherited these from your mother. And I'm like, just like in tears. And then he starts going on about things that Anakin was They're like, Oh God. Yeah. Th Why this you this, this? one is, uh, th I, I probably came the closest to actually crying during this part. And it was, it, it, it was tough. And then, then they leave, they leave one thread. This show ties up so many loose ends. But they leave one little thread where Obi-Wan goes to bail and he goes, if you ever need me, you know where to find me. That's and true. Bail goes, let's hope that that time never comes. And that could also just be a setup for a new hope. It could be. It could be. Um, and so we get that. He flies back to Tatooine and we see him dressed in... This is another excellent example of symbolism, I think, and a cool parallel that I will mention. He's dressed up in very clean robes. Yes. And I was like, this is cool because it's this is, you know, symbolism for character development, 
all this kind of stuff. You know, he's back to what he was and all this, um, not to get too English class, but he finds the model again that he tried to give to Luke early on and visits the Lars homestead and is like, Hey, you know, here I am, you know, if you, you do this whole thing with, with Owen and goes to turn away and Owen goes, do you want to meet him? I was fully expecting him to say no. Yeah, I was too. But he doesn't. He goes up. He's holding the model. And he looks at, he looks at <laughs> Luke and he goes, hello there. <laughs> he said it. Uh, my hand uh, in my chair at home, both arms raised. Like, yeah, he said the thing. And that's kind of the end of their interaction. And so he gets on the, the camel and he starts walking off into the distance. And I'm sitting in my chair at home going, that's the canyon from the pod race in Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah, that's I guess cool. it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's awesome. And then we see a forest ghost. Just standing I'm, there. <laughs> yeah. I'm freaking out. <laughs> like, oh, this is it. And Qui-Gon Jinn turns around and he's like, took you long enough. <laughs> yeah, he's a happy Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, which was uh, different for me. But <laughs> yeah, like took you long enough. And, you know, I've I've always been here. You know, you just weren't ready yet. I was like, wow. Yeah, he just That's wasn't ready big. to see him as they walk off into, I believe it's called, is it Beggar's Canyon? I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I forgot that I, it was so obvious where they're like, you know, even at the beginning of the show with the recap of the prequels and it's like, commune with your old master, you will. <laughs> it's a good Yoda. It's a good Yoda. Thank you. Um, and you know, throughout the first few episodes, he's like, Master Qui-Gon and all this. Like, they set it up. And if you're already getting everyone else, like, obviously, you're going to get Liam Neeson. Um, so, so I actually, interesting, to the point, I, I never didn't think that Qui-Gon was going to be in the show. I had actually thought that they had announced that he was going to be doing some sort of cameo or something. But apparently, that's something I made up in my own brain. Uh <laughs> Uh, so, but the Mandela I, affected um, Liam Neeson into this. I did. Uh, of the two legacy character cameos in this final episode, Qui Gon Jinn was not the surprising one to me. No. No. Who who were who were you expecting? Like what what hit you harder? Uh, what hit me harder was, I, and I don't know why, because it makes total sense. I did not expect to see the Emperor in this show. I forgot about that. Yeah, like I mean, it's not a very yeah, long scene that or anything. The the show <laughs> to me, in my head, it ends after they walk off into the distance. But there is a scene after that. Yeah, where, where the emperor basically tells him, "Hey, you know, you're getting a little too close to this Obi Wan thing. Uh, why don't you just uh, chill out? And I got some work for you to do." And then Vader's like, "Yeah, all right. He doesn't mean anything." And it's like, after all that, <laughs> that's just that then, shows how like much of a grip Palpatine still has on him. Oh, absolutely. He's very much, you know, moved on from his old master. And I guess 
if you want to if you want to get theory heavy uh-huh that was as per the rule of two um the apprentice must kill the master and he failed miserably uh with obi-wan so I think at this point in his Sith brain, he's like, well, he can't be my master because I'll never beat that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and then we get, yeah, that, that whole thing with Palpatine and then the Imperial March to close out the show. Yes, this was the first episode to use Star Wars music. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Um, uh, when you you messaged me a few weeks ago being like, I'm surprised they haven't used the Imperial March at all. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's symbolically, even though they did use Imperial March in the prequel trilogy, um, I guess yeah. symbolically you could say that he is now fully Vader. He has uh, severed all attachments. The la- Obi-Wan was the last thing he was kind of uh, obsessed with from his past life, and then now he's just fully committed to serving the Emperor. Right. And the, the Imperial March is like to show that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. They saved it and it was very impactful for when they did finally use it. Yeah. And then we got Leia's theme in this episode. We got the force oh. theme. Oh, so good. Yeah. And so now begs the question. You and I have talked about this before. Yes. Are we getting season two? So here's my thing. You, you I, want season two. I don't know that I want. Okay. I'm not opposed to season two. Here's the thing. They ended this, like you said, very tightly, but with just a, just enough that they could totally make uh, another season of this. Um, If this is it and they just go straight to new hope, I'm fine with that. If they do make a season two, I don't want him to see Vader again. No, no, it, it, it should just be Obi-Wan on some other adventure or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I'm very much. Uh, I've, I've, I did this to you. I did this to everyone who was like, damn, I watched the new, like I watched the finale. This, the, the last episode was, it was perfect. Yes. Not a single thing I would change. That the last episode makes this limited series, or maybe not, um, one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars media. This, this, dare I say, and there are people who disagree with me, is the best piece of Disney Star Wars, period. Um, it's up there. I will say it's up there. Hmm. Uh, I, I think the, go ahead the people who disagree with me mostly are like Rogue One was better than this and I disagree with them but that's mostly because of all the prequel things that they do yeah you know I you and I we've talked about Rogue One before uh, privately and I, I I don't think either one of us are very hot on it it's not that we don't like it it's just it's kind of fine right yeah it's it's super okay it's super okay exactly it's a good way to say it yeah like i like what it did Uh, there there are things i liked about it it's just like fine 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, this show, I do think, is one of the best Star Wars things that they've done. And I think that it actually... If you did grow up with the prequels like we did and you enjoyed them, I, I do think that this is probably the best payoff for the prequels that they've ever done. Uh, the Clone Wars too, to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, this is definitely the best live action payoff to the prequels. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and yeah, actually, I, if you've watched the Clone Wars, this is yeah. even more impactful. And if you've watched Rebels, <laughs> yeah, and Rebels for that matter, yeah. But you know, that said, it's it's hard for me to recommend um, the sequels to or the Clone Wars to many people because of how much of a slog it is. It it is at at some points. You really do have to get through those first what, two seasons, yeah, before it starts really picking one. up. And uh, no, yeah. I think the show is great. I think you uh, and McGregor is awesome uh yeah. pretty much like he always is mm-hmm. uh it was uh, really nice to see hayden again yeah and he did look older uh i saw a youtube video of someone like digitally de-aging him which did look really good but at the same time like he looks fine so i was a little confused so he's wearing his attack of the clones outfit mm-hmm. um and I originally thought that maybe this was post the scene was post Attack of the Clones and he just hadn't started growing his hair out yet. Right. Uh, but no, this is actually supposed to take place during that time period. And they didn't do anything to make him look younger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's just one of those things. I wonder if it's like a point of a point of pride for them where it's like, this is really him. And you can tell it's really him because of it him looking older yeah it didn't bother me because he doesn't look that old no no not at all um and and i think wow it it really you know we do like the prequels we do have some problems with them and Mm -hmm. a lot of people do have problems with uh the performances and the prequels and i'm and i'm starting to come around or come to the slow realization that I don't think that the acting in the prequels was the problem so much as the no. writing and the direction. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's re- like, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, everyone's, everyone's like Anakin delivered his lines like so badly. And like Hayden Christensen, he was like, it just felt so awkward. It's like, well, here's the thing. That's the character. Yes. He's awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, I I thought that he was much better in that brief flashback than he was in his two movies. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm certain that was you know uh, there weren't as many lines to give him that would be bad, but it was better. And that's the other the most that is the other thing is that the lines they were making him say in those movies were not necessarily good lines. No, not at all. Um, and, and I like that they kind of, he almost seemed like his Clone Wars incarnation. He had a bit of that, uh, confidence and yeah stuff. I don't know how no, to describe totally it, but yeah, yeah, you see it. But I, I, I don't want season two. I don't want it. That's what it is. You don't I want think. season two. You don't, you would, you don't want to see you in again just one more time. I mean, I do, but I didn't know what they were going to do with this show. Right. 
And this show was made by the Obi-Wan Vader relationship. Right. And uh, I, I don't want them to meet again, really. And I think the way that they wrapped things up was incredible. Um, I, I really do believe it was the perfect ending. And if we were to get anything, it would be, you know, if we look at what parts of Obi-Wan's story we haven't explored is it would be before episode one. Yeah. Yes. Or, or it would be while he's chopping up sandworm. <laughs> That's true also. Yeah. Or it would be him on sand planet with Qui-Gon. Yeah. That's also true. Um, now, I'll tell you what. I would be... I know Liam Neeson's too old for this now. Um, but I would love like the adventures of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan prior to episode one Yeah, type of deal. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, we do have some of that, but it's garbage. It's garbage. I don't know if any of it's canon anymore, either. Uh, Master and Apprentice is a book about that, but... Um... It's I it's written by like the most popular Star Wars author, but I just don't like her books. Yeah, well, that's fair. And because uh, we know, I, I don't know, maybe I just want Hayden Christensen to have a job. Yeah, well, he's signed on for Ahsoka now that yeah, he is signed on for Ahsoka. So we'll get to see him. I imagine he'll probably because uh, Ahsoka that's taking place post Return of the Jedi. Yes, it's going to be the same time as Mando. So we're going to be seeing uh, more flashbacks of him before he was Vader, which is good. I would like to see more of that. Yeah, me me too. Um, one of the things that I really wanted out of this show was to see Ewan and Hayden in Clone Wars armor. And oh, man, me too. <laughs> so him signing on for Ahsoka has me holding on. I kind of wish I actually wish their flashback where they're training together. They had been in their Clone Wars armor. That would have been so good. But, you know, you know, I wonder. I, I And I don't think that either one of them has the time to do this. But if, if they just want to make like a one season thing where there's no overarching plot, but it's just like a live action Clone Wars thing just for one season. And they could just have make the movie, but live action. Oh, they could do that. Um, but just like, uh, or even actually, hold on now, hold on now. All right. Make it like the Clone Wars, where each episode follows a different battle, and that way mm -hmm. you only have to have Ewan and Hayden for one episode, and then you could have, I don't know, Plo Koon or whoever for the next one. Plo Koon and Coleman Trevor. Yeah, Coleman Trevor. Uh, yeah, bring back oh, Coleman wait, no. Trevor. He can't be in there because he dies well, before the Clone Wars. Uh, Gib, I don't know if you know this, but no one's ever really gone. That's that's true. That's uh, you know. So yeah, to to re. This is one of my my hail marys. I mentioned my hail marys earlier. Yeah, my hail mary for this show uh, was that we would get Cal in the show. Oh man, because of the involvement with Inquisitors. And check this out. Um. This show occurred 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, and the new game Jedi Survivor yeah. takes place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Okay. So. They happen at the exact same time, so I was like, it could happen. 
Yeah. He could be here. I'd be down for that. I still think, especially since they modeled that character after the actual actor, I would love to see him pop up on a live action Star Wars thing. Yeah, right? And that's, I, I say this because the no one's ever really gone. That's my other Hail Mary, is that the book of Boba Fett will have Mace Windu at some point. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Are, are they doing more book of Boba Fett? I believe so. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I guess I'll watch that. Uh, I didn't, I don't know that I want it, but no, I don't, I, I definitely I don't, coming. but, uh, I will, I will have to watch it. Unfortunately. Yeah. I have to, just to find out if Mace Windu comes back. Do you have any, any bone of excitement for Andor at all? I hate, uh, huh. So yes, because it's just more new Star Wars. Well, but that's yes, it. yeah, that's all. I mean, I don't. I I, I know you don't watch trailers. I've but, been meaning to watch that one actually because the, I've heard there's like it's a whole lot of like B roll. Yeah the 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 Andor trailer turned me around on that so fast because I was like, yeah, I guess I'll watch it because it's Rogue One or whatever. But then after watching the trailer, I was like, oh no, wait, this actually looks really good. Yeah, I've seen some of the shots from it, and I do need to watch it. But it looks like we get like much deeper into how the Empire operates, which would be cool. I would be really excited for that. And I bet but we don't see a single lightsaber on that show. Probably not, which, you know, probably good. Because yeah. we didn't... Oh, no, we did in Rogue One because of Vader. Yeah, Vader at the end. Book of Boba Fett had uh, the dark, the dark saber. saber, yeah. Which I guess yeah. is its own thing. Yeah, don't don't get me started. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, Mario messaged me the other day. He was like, "Hey, check out this fun meme where it's like, is Django Fett a Mandalorian?" And I was like, cracking my knuckles, like, well, <laughs> well, is Django Fett a Mandalorian? Uh, that is for a different episode. That's for a different <laughs> episode. Uh, would you like to come back and do Andor with me? I would love to. All right, cool. Like I said, I, I need to have someone with me that uh, kind of likes Star Wars. I kind of like Star Wars. Yeah, you kind of like Star Wars uh, to <laughs> it, to really make this work. It's like it's, it's, the reason I brought you on and I didn't bring what well, Nate didn't watch the show and mm. um, or he's planning to, but he he doesn't keep up with uh, current stuff enough to do something like this. And, and then I have noticed. A lot of his recommendations for this show are like 10 years old. That's, I think all of us have mostly recommended stuff that is, um, that's true, actually old stuff. And, and then Raceland says he, he, he said he was watching Obi-Wan and he liked it, but he also said it's the only Disney star Wars thing that he's liked since, oh. uh, well, since Disney bought star Wars and, and, uh, he's also said some slanderous things about how Darth Vader isn't very scary but that's neither here nor there so i wanted to have like someone i could talk to about star wars on the show yeah and uh you you were good for that well it's it's also hard to be like you know i'm watching the show and then people being like man that like part where he cut open the helmet that was so cool and i was like you don't even know how no, cool that they is. don't even know <laughs> <laughs> it's like poetry it rhymes yeah exactly uh but uh, yeah, thank you for uh, joining me today. Uh, oh, oh, I am always down to talk Star Wars. When I show up at work, 
the guy at the front desk. He's one of he's my main contact for Star Wars. I will actually arrive at my desk like 40 minutes late because we're talking about Star Wars. Oh my god. <laughs> so anytime you want to talk about Star Wars, I'm down. That's perfect, which is good because they keep making it. So uh <laughs> they do, yeah. We will definitely be back for Andor and when does that come out? That comes out at the end of August. I think it's like August 30th or 31st. It's going to be two episodes on the first day. Perfect. Love that. And then weekly after that until November 9th. All right. Sounds good. 12 episodes or something. Oh, that sounds less good, but (laughs) I really, I I tell you what, one thing I really appreciated about Obi-Wan was how it was a tight six episodes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like one of the things that I I was torn on Boba being seven because I thought it was going to be longer than that. But at the same time, I didn't want it to be longer than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I started wanting more than seven and I ended wanting less than seven. Was it was it about the time where it turned into Mando season 2.5? <laughs> when it, yeah, when it turned into a different show, I was like, oh, OK. Yeah, we probably could have wrapped yeah, this up because it, it still blows my mind how many important plot points for Mando happened in Book of Boba Fett. This sounds like another thing we should visit at a different time. Yeah. Now that we've gone uh, an hour and 40 minutes on the longest episode of what's played. It is the longest one. That's why it's a bonus episode. (laughs) But yeah. Uh, Thank you for joining me today. Hey, anytime. Uh, Do you, where, where can people find you? People can find, where am I now? Oh God, because I've been, I've had a lot of time off, but I've been trying to get my Twitch running again. So find me at twitch.tv slash gib underscore CA. You can also find the YouTube channel that's been inactive for like six months uh, at the same youtube.com slash gib underscore CA. That's, that's where you'll be finding me when I'm not, when I'm not here. And I will also, uh, put little convenient links down in the description so that you can click down there and find him as well. Yeah. Click, go down to the disc while you're down there, hit a like, leave a comment. Tell us what you thought about the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I didn't, it's not a normal episode, so I don't even have my little, uh, prompt of things to say pulled up, but yeah, we, uh, yeah, you know what? All of our links will be all of our links for what's playing tonight. will be down there as well uh and i'll be more prepared next time (laughs) (laughs) all right that sounds great but uh until then uh we have been what's playing tonight and uh we'll see you later (laughs) 